hash mark angle to the left for Adams and Terry. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. Yes, 35. I'm just making sure <laughs> of the loudest sports show. <laughs> you can count. Brought to you by the Dorkening Network. Well, I don't have anything in front of me. Like, I'm just I'm just making sure I wrote the right thing down. It is late, and we've been going all day. Uh, welcome to episode 35 of the loudest sports show. Brought to you by the Dorkening Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I'm your host, Patrick Rayhall, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here, of course, in the Pat Cave and we are coming to you uh, live in front of a taped audience. Not really. We're we're live. And the audience isn't taped. By the time you hear us, though, we'll be taped, and you'll be live. So everything will be switched around. But I'm here with my co-host on the show. My co-host in life uh, slashes the ice queen. Bruins won they again. Are up, they are up three to one. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. And uh, this one, I'm I'm glad it didn't come down to. A one-goal game. I'm glad that they just absolutely oh, just annihilated took it, them. Took it to the uh, Caps all day, <laughs> and the only goal that the Capitals scored. The only reason they scored it is because Connor Clifton again uh, got in the way and tried was to it, make. A, was it Connor Clifton? I'm or sorry, was it Brandon, Brandon Carlo. Carlo. Brandon Carlo uh, made a, a terrible play, and he's been making a lot of those. And kicked the puck past Tuka Rask into the net. Um, I mean, like, his his intentions were good. He was trying to deflect the puck, but unfortunately he deflected in the direction that it, he didn't want it to deflect to, right. and it's, it went right in the net. It was wide open behind. Uh, and Ovechkin got the, uh, got the goal. Yeah, because Ovechkin shot it, and it kicked off of, literally kicked off of him. Um, because it was, he was behind Tuka, and so Tuca, like the 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 goal was wide open behind him. He was like, "Oh, I don't need to worry about this because I have my defender behind me. He'll be he'll be good. My my awesome defenseman." And he uh, he just oh, he just did the bad thing that was not so good. Well, we're gonna talk more hockey in a few we minutes. We have a lot of hockey talkie to Patsy. talk about. What is our opening face-off question for today? Our f- opening face-off question, this is one that uh, I really hope the folks at home uh, want to chime in on uh, because I'll be interested to know uh, what they think as well. Um, so you can get you can get those answers into us either in the Facebook group or uh, the Loud of Sports Show at gmail.com. Uh, who is the best athlete that sh- shares the same first name as you? Now, for you, that's a little difficult because... 
while your name is Slashes, for real your name is Ashley, and you spell it unconventionally. Right. So my, uh, I, I don't go by my government name typically. Uh, oh, pretty much only my mother and coworkers who I'm not friends with call me that. That's true. At this point, uh, so I usually go by Ash or Ashes, or in this case, Slashes. Uh, but my my government name is Ashley, and I was an Ashley in the '80s, and Ashleys in the '80s had a you know. When you think of Ashley in the 80s, you think of a very particular person, very a, a specific type of girl, and that just wasn't me. Um, so I kind of went the uh, the Spinelli route, if you're familiar with the cartoon Recess. Ashley Spinelli just went by Spinelli because there's the, the, the group of girls, like the clique called the Ashleys. Oh, my God, we're the Ashleys. Uh, and she went by her last name because she didn't want to be associated with them. Because apparently if your first name was Ashley, you had to be in the Ashley clique. And she wanted no part of that. So she went by Spinelli. So I go by Ash or Ashes because Ashley is just, you know, it's it's whatever. I mean, like, if you if your name is Ashley and you like your name, good for you. But uh, And because my parents just had to be difficult... My name is spelled A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H, which is a little more common now, but back in 1985, not so much. So I was the kid who never had the, you know, personalized accessories and stuff because mm -hmm. I had the blank one, like number one kid or, you know, girl you power. Tried. Yeah. <laughs> participation trophy i had the blank accessories because i couldn't find the one that i had to like write create your own name which didn't look as good as the other ones but yeah so uh anyways they give, so, you, they give you five q's and only two u's what a world yeah <laughs> so i did some research and i went looking and i actually found some athletes named Ashley, spelt A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And one in particular, hold up, let me bring up, let me bring up the uh, webpage here. I saved it from earlier when I was doing some research. So her name is Ashley Johnson, and she plays water polo. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I chose her is because she was on the 2016 U.S. Olympic water polo team. She's a goalkeeper, and they won the gold. Nice. So you know, celebrated athlete. See, I... she's she's pretty young too. She was born in '94. Um, so she's 27. Let me see. Olympic experience. Yeah, she was. Uh, she won the 2016 gold medal. Uh, world. She most recent uh, 2019 world champion. Uh, she won the gold. Uh, yeah, so she participated in the, in the 2019 World Champions. Uh, she also participated in 2015, and that year she won the gold and was the MVP. See, I uh, I strenuously object to water polo because I think it's incredibly cruel to the horses. <laughs> oh no, you're you're confusing that with Marco Polo. No, Marco Polo was the the guy who was looking for spices. Spices. Um, for me, it's a little easier. Uh, do you have any other ones that you want to add? No, she was just she was it. She was the one that stood out the most. You know, I know she's... there's a snowboarder with that name, and she also has pink hair. But for the life of me, I couldn't find her. I, I couldn't, couldn't track find, her down. I, I did not find, in my research, I found like a, a South African 
bicyclist. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Um, and you know she's done some stuff. Uh, I not really anything else. I mean, they they wanted to say like, oh, here are other a- athletes named Ashley, spelt the conventional way. But I was really was really sticking it out for you know, spell it my way. Mm-hmm. So, um. It's a water polo. It's a water polo. I have Marco uh, polo. mine are a little better. Um, well, but me. I have a. Patrick Your name is, is Patrick. Hello, no, Krusty Krab. No, this is Patrick. Um, <laughs> obviously, like you know, I could go a couple of different sports. I mean, the easy one would be Pat Mahomes. Like, there's, there's, there's. Oh, one who's right that there. guy? Yeah, he plays for the chefs. Um, <laughs> also. Um, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing in basketball, which was great because I grew up watching him and I liked watching the Knicks. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane was going to be the the second one I chose. And for baseball, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, who played for the Royals and is the father of Patrick Mahomes. Seriously? (laughs) Wait, so, so Patrick Mahomes from the Chefs is a junior? Yes. His dad, his dad played uh, for the Royals, and I believe he was also drafted by the Royals, and that's part of the reason why he can throw the way he throws. Like he has all those unconventional throws, like from you know weird angles. So he probably learned how to play baseball from his dad. He learned how to, well, yeah, but and he then was like good at translated both. it. Well, no, to it's just football. one of those kids, like you know, in high school, you know, you play every sport. You know, like there was a kid that I played against in high school who was an all-star in baseball, an all-star in football, pretty good at basketball. And he had a choice of, I think it was going to Clemson for football or Florida State for baseball, but he ended up getting drafted by the Red Sox, named Rick Asadorian. Uh, he was drafted by the Red Sox. Um, I don't. He never played for them, although he did in the high school uh, World Series. They played it uh, at um, Fenway, and he hit a home run out of Fenway over the Green Monster. That's like, pretty this cool. Ki- this kid was fucking good. Um, and, well, I don't know if it's that he was really good or it's that he was a big fish in a small pond. But, I mean, he was dra- – as far as football goes. But he was drafted by the Red Sox, so, you know – uh, he ended up uh, in the double-A system. He ended up getting traded to the Cardinals. Like, they turned him from a a pitcher into an outfielder or an outfielder to a pitcher. I forget which. But uh, it was just he never cracked through. But still, like, he had scholarship offers to big schools for both football and baseball. And, um, you know, again, drafted by the Red Sox. So, very cool. Um but yeah, the uh, there was another kid that got drafted. Um, kid who played for Auburn. He got drafted by the Athletics. Um, he was really good, and a kid who played, actually played baseball. Uh, he was a pitcher at Quinsig, where I went, Quinsigamon Community College. He was a pitcher. He ended up uh, winning a World Series with the Yankees. Tanyan Sturtz. Um, yeah, he was very good. Oh, that's not charging because the thing's not on. 
Oh, I mean, wow. Here I am looking like, why isn't my phone charging? I know. Well, I, everything else is on. Yeah, I have a it's bunch of stuff. I have a bunch of stuff plugged into different surge protectors all over the, the studio here. And I, if I don't turn a specific surge protector on, nothing charges. So I should have noticed that with the computer, but the computer's running here, great. Here I am thinking I'm stupid. Well, I've got the computer running. It's got nine tabs open. It's got the program that's recording this podcast and we're we've got the memphis uh golden state game on a second monitor all running off this computer this computer is amazing um so yeah that's that's those are those are my picks for i i was able to pick one in every sport because i, mean, I have you, a much you, more common uh, name. yeah you have one of those uh it comment it'd be like if my name was like you know you know Joe, like there would have been a way more. John, Jeff, like even like Phil, like I could come up with a bunch for Phil, you know, like or if my name was, you know, Stefan, obviously I'd go Steph Steph Curry. Mm. But you know, uh we want to hear from you folks. Let us know. Um because I'm sure there's a there's a whole bunch. Or if you have like a unique name that not a lot of people have, um, or a spelling that not a lot of people have. You know, see if you can find one, track one down. Like, you might be surprised by some of the sports that you find. You know, maybe it's a gymnast or a water polo player or a cyclist. You, ever, you never know. But, uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, then we'll be right back because we have a lot of hockey to talk about, a lot of basketball, uh, and some good good news in the basketball, uh, the baseball front, As uh, and not a whole lot of NFL, but... We still have so some, some interesting, interesting things from the NFL. Stuff from the NFL, yeah. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. 
Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. This is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I'm here to tell you about Slip Sports. All new clients for this online sports book receive $100 in free play just for signing up. From the casual players to the high rollers, everybody can take advantage of this offer and the live betting, online casino, horse racing, and more. Sign up with the Freeman app and send a request to basketballjones at post.com to get started. Tell them the angry nerd sent you. And we are back, so we got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with NHL, as we always do. So, Slashes, take it away. So, Derek Roy, currently with the Sabres, announced his retirement from professional hockey after 11 seasons in the NHL. That was a, He was a dude that gave the Bruins fits for a long time. He wasn't... He wasn't really like a, a, a top flight player, but he was one of those guys that stuck around and was, you know, he was a solid NHL player. I was going to say, like, you know, he was one of those uh, middle of the road guys. Wasn't super great, uh, but wasn't bad either. You know, and sometimes you can really rely on these middle of the road guys to, to get the job done. So uh, best of luck to him and whatever he decides to do next. Yeah, and he played everywhere. I mean, he played for the Sabres, the Stars, the Canucks, the Blues, the Predators, the Oilers. Uh, you know, he was uh, an alternate captain for a while. Uh, I mean, he's 38. He was drafted by the Sabres in 01, 32nd overall, so second round pick. Um, you know, he's he was a good, solid player. Like he wasn't, again, he's not. He wasn't going to blow you away with his stats, but he was a, a a really good pro. So Connor McDavid of the Oilers is taking home his third Art Ross Trophy, uh, which is awarded to the player who leads the league in points at the end of the regular season with 105 points in 56 games played. That's insanity. Like, he probably could have gotten 150 points uh, in a full season. But, you know, see, and, and just to kind of go on a little bit of a side tangent, this is why I like the NHL because in so many other leagues, or especially baseball, uh, and I've had this argument with lots of people, they, the, the NHL and the NFL have separate awards for outstanding offensive players. So we have the Art Ross Trophy for the most points. We have the next thing we're going to talk about, the Rocket Richard Trophy for whoever scores the most goals. Usually it's Alex Ovechkin, <laughs> although last uh, year... He shared the dual duties with uh, Pasta. Yep, they both had 49 goals. Oh, we just had a couple more games. Well, I mean, if yeah, if we had had a couple more games, if Pasternak, he did uh, have some downtime due to injury... Yeah, but if, if 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 they played the ten more games, he probably would have scored at least one more, and he might have won it outright. Although Ovechkin might have won it outright, you never know. But here, neither here nor there. Uh, the NFL has Offensive Player of the Year, who is not always the MVP. You know, very rarely is it both. 
because you can give a guy like this guy had an outstanding season. He, you know, like Derrick Henry rushes for two thousand yards. He's the offensive player of the year, but he's not the MVP. He could have been, but he wasn't. You know, in baseball, it's like, wow, this guy's the best. Okay, he's MVP. Oh, his team finished nine hundred games out of first, and they he's never made the playoffs. Oh. That's okay. He's clearly the most valuable player. I don't like that. Give the, I mean, they do have the silver <clears throat> slugger, but that's given to the best offensive player at e- each position. They should have a specific award for the best, uh, the best uh, offensive player, and I've come up with what it's called because all they care about is wins above replacement or war. That's the only thing that they care about when it comes to – like, there was an argument – at one point where Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, which means he led the league in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. And people were trying to argue, and they went to the playoffs. The Tigers went to the playoffs and were a force to be reckoned with. I think it was 2013 where they fell to the Red Sox in the American League Championship Series. And the Angels were watching the playoffs, and there were people actually arguing, no, Mike Trout is more valuable. He should get the MVP because he had a higher war. But, like, his team was shit regardless whether right. he was playing or not. Right. So it's like, yeah, he had a higher war, but how is he more valuable than Miguel Cabrera, who won the fucking triple crown, and his team is in the American League Championship Series? Like, how how... How is how would you even come close to saying that he's the best? So I came up with an idea. I was actually I was trying to sleep the other night and I couldn't sleep and I came up with it. It's called the award. It's the annual wins Apo- above replacement dominator. So whoever wins uh, has the highest war gets the award. Annual wins above replacement dominator. Award. So the award. <laughs> so that's okay, well, you get in touch with whoever you need to get in touch with at Major League Baseball. I will uh, get on the horn with. Uh, ooh, that was a nice defensive. <laughs> okay, so yeah, right. we're watching this game, and some of these guys' footwear are just absolutely fabulous. Well, this uh, this dude—I don't even know who it was—but this dude for uh, Memphis just pump faked. A guy who jump, uh, a guy for the Warriors who jumped into the friggin' third row, trying to block his shot. He kind of pump faked him, then just went up for a layup and completely bricked it. But that's again neither here nor there. But yes, Austin, uh, Connor McDavid taking home his third Art Ross Trophy. Very impressive. He probably won't be MVP. They still haven't announced the MVP yet. No. Or, or MVP candidates. I'm sorry, but. You know, the Art Ross Trophy, the the Rocket Richard Trophy, the uh, Jennings Trophy, those are all, like, there's no, yeah, like, ooh, we need to have a ballot uh, yeah, to the, see who the, won. Yeah, the President's Trophy, these are all trophies given out based upon stats. Yeah, and you it's... You know, st- something that you cannot argue. Right, who led the league in points? It's like, well, he had 105. Yeah, but Brad Marchand had 63, and, like, he was you know, really good. Some of the, like, some of the other no awards uh, given amongst MVP, the NHL. MVP, Norris Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Right, you know, those are ones that are voted upon but uh to be nominated you know they look into your stats and they look into uh you know pretty much everything you're you're, you're playing throughout 
the regular season. There's a little bit more that goes into it uh, for them to get the nominees, and then the nominees are voted on by right. It's usually you know, sometimes it's the players. Sometimes you know it's there. It's it's a it's a whole thing. But there's a little more. Uh, in certain, there's leagues, a little more gravity to it in than some of these other. To, so in, the, in Major League Baseball, it's the Baseball Writers Association of America. Like a lot of journalists, guys that are in their 80s you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, who are making these decisions. I think in basketball, it's either basketball or – I know in one of the leagues uh, it's voted on by the players and coaches and GMs, but you can't vote for your own guy. So, you know, they do it that way. Um, Uh, I think, yeah, the the NHL uh, is kind of like that too. Sometimes it's the players and the coaches and the support staff. Yeah, it all depends on the, uh, on the you award. Know, it, but there's a, there's a little more weight to it, which makes it, you know, it, it, in my opinion, makes it a little more legit. So speaking of trophies, Austin Matthews of the Maple Leaves is the recipient of the Rocket Richard Trophy, uh, which is awarded to the leading goal scorer with 41 goals scored this season. He probably would have hit 50 uh, if they played another uh, 16 games. Maybe he could have gotten nine. That's, you know, almost one every other game. But where they're playing, you know, weak defense, and we talked about this either last week or, or the week before, how... The Maple Leafs, uh, or everyone in that North Division, there was not a top ten defenseman in the league. Right. So, so you have some you have some really good offense being played. A couple of good goalies and a couple of goalies who were good like eight years ago, like Mike Smith of uh, of uh, Edmonton. Like he was really good for the Coyotes a few years ago, but mm-hmm. all of his best years were wasted playing for the Coyotes with nobody on that team. Um, then you, you I mean, you had Keith Yandel and Oliver Ekman Larson, and I think that was about it. Like there wasn't a lot of offensive help, and a lot. I mean, Yandel was good, but um, you know, aside from Carey Price and Connor Hellebuck of uh, Montreal and Winnipeg, respectively, um, they didn't really face that many good goalies either. You know, like I'm not impressed by any of the goalies that are in that le- in that division. With the exception of those two that I just mentioned, Hellebuck and uh, and uh, Price, but uh, you know it's interesting. I heard a thing the other day on the Sports Hub, and they say that you know generally goaltending is what you know is the difference in in uh, in a playoff series, and I disagree with that. Um, Mike Felger said the same thing because if that was the truth, if whoever has the better goalie wins the series then the Bruins would just have a pile of Stanley Cup victories because Tuka Rask is better than Jordan Bennington. Tuka Rask is better than uh, Corey Crawford. I mean, this is, yeah, this is true. So he, you know, if that's all it comes down to is whoever's got the better goalie wins, then the Bruins should win most years. Carey Price should win every single year. Like, the Canadians should be a dynasty because he's, like, oh, the best God. goalie. Carey Price is just, he's so sick. And I feel so, so bad sick. for him because he has no defense now and no offense, you know, like. Right. I mean, well, I mean, like, so the Canadians have been playing really well, but I also think North that's. Division. Well, I was going to say, I also think that's 
partially due to the fact of the uh, the restructuring of the divisions. And you know, that's, uh, this that's... North division, like we said, you know, they're good. But they're not great. I think once these North, the North division breaks out and starts playing other divisions in these playoffs, they're going to crumble very quickly. And that's one of the the knocks against uh, the Patriots for so long is they had they were playing nobody in their division. So you'd have you know six to eight guaranteed or six to yeah six to eight guaranteed victories a year because no I'm sorry. Th- uh, four to six victories a year because th- the other teams in your division were terrible. Like, that's just... <sighs> the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills for 20 years were not good. Like, who was the best quarterback that Brady went against? You know? wouldn't Mark Sanchez? Like, there was yeah. no good quarterback yeah. in that division for a long time. So, that I mean, that's kind of a knock against them, but that would help them... They'd sweep their division, and then they'd have six victories, and they'd, you know, play a couple of other uh, teams that they should beat. And they would beat good teams. You know, they'd play Manning, they'd you know, every year pretty much. They'd play the Steelers. But, you know, that's one of the knocks against them. It's like, well, they kind of got it served to them on a silver platter. Speaking of getting served, uh, Nazem Kadri is facing – Another suspension for his illegal hit on Justin Falk the other day. And update, this happened uh, shortly. We got the update shortly before we uh, went on, we started recording. He's been suspended eight games. Now, to give you a little bit of history of Nazem Kadri's offenses, uh, November 15, 2013, he was suspended three games for a hit to the head of Nicholas Backstrom. March 18, 2015, uh, suspended four games for an illegal, illegal check to the head of Matt Frazier. February 11th, 2016, fined $5,000 for an appropriate gesture, uh, an inappropriate gesture, a throat slash at Mark Giordano. March 12th, 2016, fined $2,000 for diving or embellishment. And he definitely learned his lesson because nine days later, he was again fined $2,000 for diving or embellishment. About a month and a half later, April 4th, 2016, suspended four games for cross-checking Luke Glendening. April 13th, 2018, so he went a while, uh, suspended three games for boarding Tommy Wingles. April 13th, 2019, some of you folks might remember this, suspended f- mm-hmm. for the remainder of the series against the Bruins for a cross-check to Jake DeBrusque, uh, five games, and then he was then traded from Toronto to Colorado in the uh, ensuing offseason. Now, a lot of the folks on the Blues were saying that he should be suspended because he is a repeat offender. And as you can see, he's been suspended multiple times. The issue is, uh, according to the collective bargaining agreement, a player is considered to be a repeat offender for, quote, 18 months following his most recent incident that resulted in a suspension. So April 13th, 2019, longer than 18 months. Although I don't know if they take the whole COVID thing into account. Apparently not. Yeah, I was going to say. Because he was suspended eight games, which is almost twice as long as he's ever been suspended. So clearly, he's done for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, Even, you know, doesn't matter how far. Well, no, that's not true. Colorado could... He, he could be back uh, later on in the playoffs, but we'll see. This could lead to him being suspended for the beginning of the next regular season. 
Uh, Kadri is a guy who plays a lot like Marshan did at the beginning of his career, but he had the potential to be like a two-way forward like Marshand is now, but he didn't mature and grow up because you see, you know, eight years he's been suspended. Let's see, seven, ten, nineteen, twenty-seven games. And I mean, he's fine nine thousand dollars. He's like a Tom Wilson, except he's not as big and strong as Tom Wilson, and I think he's older, but he hasn't matured. Marshand for the first four or five years of his career. He was like that. Then he started licking people a few years ago. Remember that shit? Uh, <laughs> yes. And then, it's, it, then Bruce Cassidy was like, you know what? You need to stop that. First of all, it's fucking gross. Uh, second of you all. You don't know where they've been. I know. Imagine doing that now. Would you, was, it, was, it the, was it the maple leaves that he was licking? It was everybody. It was because it was during the regular season. Like somebody would get in his face and he'd lick him. Well, you know, it's a good thing he stopped that habit before COVID happened. And it's a good thing he stopped that bullshit because uh, he's been really important in this. He's got a few goals in this series. I still don't know if he scored that goal or if it was Pasternak. I remember, yeah, somebody issued a statement. Like. It was Bruce Cassidy. What was it? He's like, yeah, uh, I spoke to Brad and told him to stop licking people. (laughs) Like, which isn't something that you need to say or shouldn't be. (laughs) That's something you tell your toddler. Like, we don't lick people. I told Brad to stop licking people. Um, Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're just going to leave that at that. So. Let's get into some playoff talk. So these playoffs so far have been fire. Oh, my God. These games have been super exciting. Most of them have gone into overtime. Uh, It's it's crazy. It's been craziness. So let's talk. Currently, as of this moment, Tampa leads Florida two games to one as the Lightning attempt to defend their title. So obviously they won the Stanley Cup last year. They're looking to see if they can do it again, which I don't has think happened, but hasn't happened in a long time. I don't think they can, and I'll tell you why. So they have given up a shit ton of goals. Like they're not winning like 6 to 1, 5 to 2. They're winning by one goal every game and they're giving up four, five, six goals every fucking game. Like for somebody that's supposed to be one of the best defensemen and one of the best uh goalies, you know, with Victor Hedman and uh Andre Vasilevsky, you're, these guys are supposed to be so good, but they're giving up five, six goals a game to a team that is not an offensive threat. Like, they don't have, like, two deep lines like, say, the Bruins do or the Penguins do. You know, they don't have that offensive firepower. So if they were to play against a team who actually can score with a good goalie, because on the other side you got Sergei Bubtitsky, who used to play for uh, Columbus, and, and I think he was with the, the, with the Lightning. But, you know, he's given up four, five, six goals a game. Like, it's unbelievable. So I don't think that they can repeat if they're going to keep playing like this and keep giving up goals. Although, these guys hate each other. The last game of the regular season, 
they combined for what, like 141 penalty minutes? Yes. And then they uh, pretty much every whistle in game one, there was a scrum and a fight and two guys would go to the penalty box and they'd be playing four on four. They played more four on four time in the first period of that game than five on five. So, fun fact, Ryan Lomberg joins Dave Lowry and Mike Huff as the only players in Florida Panthers history to score an overtime goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Yes, that celebrated Florida Panthers playoff history. Right? Like, that's crazy. So, uh, take that information and do with it what you will. They've been around almost, like, 20 years I think they came into the league in like 92, 93. Yeah, I, I mean they're correctly. they're not uh they're not super young, but they're also not super old. They're definitely a they, I mean they in, were in, in in NHL history, they're definitely a more no, recent you, expansion you, team, but teams that have been around for like 100 since plus years. Since the beginning, OG6 baby. Yeah, like yeah, but yeah, the uh they haven't what I'm saying is they haven't had very many opportunities. like Put it this way, Patrice Bergeron has four playoff overtime game-winning goals, and the Florida Panthers' entire history only has three Three. guys. So, yeah. Um, So uh, the Penguins are currently up two games to one on the Islanders. Now, that game three was off the fucking chain. Manic. It was manic. At one point... There were 11 guys in the fucking penalty box. Six Penguins and five Islanders. I mean, we were every time some guy went into the penalty box, you take a shot. We were drunk by the end of the second period. I died. You died. I died. Like, and (laughs) they kept going back and forth, and the Penguins ended up prevailing in this game. But this is another one where, like, guys are giving up a ton of fucking goals. Yeah, there were a lot of scoring chances. But there was a lot of power plays, too, and that's the thing. Like, you know, and they were taking advantage of these power plays and scoring on these power plays, you know, which is what you're supposed to do. Both teams were. Right. It wasn't just one team team dominating. It was, you know, both teams were. As opposed to the Tampa-Florida series, which is the, the, the Lightning are, like, just fucking lighting it up literally on the uh, on the power play like i think they're converting like 80% of their opportunities some ridiculous shit like that so the canadians traveled to toronto to take on the leafs in game 1 this series started late due to calgary and vancouver needing to finish the regular season games now i think that's bullshit because, because you could have it didn't matter right you could have started the playoffs and, ha- uh, and for the North Division, because everybody else was playing, because the way this is going, like everybody, they just played game one. Everybody Everyone else is, is going three to games be in. Well, but here's the thing. So I think maybe they're hoping that everything will even itself out because Otherwise, you're going to have two series in each division before each division. Well, if you know, not, starts gonna, playing each other. Everybody else, you know, when it comes to the the final four. You know, um, they're going to, you know, they, you're going to give another team extra rest or you're going to have to play back to back games instead of going every other day. You're going to have to play back to back in order to catch up. Potentially detrimental to somebody. Because, and a lot of these series are not going the way people think that they're supposed to go. Like Toronto was the runaway favorite. 
like for a while they were like head and shoulders above everybody else when it came to points and can and the Montreal beat them. Right. So Montreal won and the big thing that happened was Captain John Tavares is currently out indefinitely due to a head injury. So he fell to the ice after a, a hit, a legal hit, and was clipped in the head by Corey Perry. Perry said that he tried to jump over Tavares, but his knee inadvertently struck Tavares's head. Now, yeah. I saw an interview uh, with Perry, and he is so shaken up by this. Corey Perry uh, is... A good guy, like he. Yeah, well, well, not only that, like John Tavares, he's one of those players who is, you know, respected around the NHL. And Corey Perry, he, was uh, a Bruin. he uh, said that when it happened, like he tried to prevent it from happening, and it happened. And he said, as soon as it happened, he knew what happened, and he, like, his stomach sank, like he thought he was going to vomit on the ice. Yeah, he went over he, to him, right? And- like you know, when he was there, he was there next to John, uh, you know, trying to make sure that he was okay, trying to, you know, I'm, I'm sure he was apologizing because Tavares we we saw him he he tried to stand up like he got to oh, his God. knees he, and he kind he of fell, fell backwards over, yeah it was like uh, his bones turned to jelly now for those of you who have not seen the hit it wasn't like it's not a typical Montreal dirty play it was he got hit and where everybody was Tavares, had he fallen the other way, nothing would have happened. But because, because he, he fell right just, in the path, like yep. it was just, you know, it just happened to be like that. Hockey is so fast-paced that sometimes you really right don't have a reaction. You know, there's no reaction time, especially when something happens that you don't expect to happen. Uh, so, I mean, it was it was an accident. If like, he didn't it, have that visor on. He might have suffered a severe injury. I think the visor uh, really saved him from further injury because the the visor and the and the front of his uh, helmet, like the crown, uh, right above the visor, like where his forehead would be, that's what made contact with Perry's knee. Now Perry, like I said, class act guy, former MVP of the league with the Ducks. You know, mm-hmm. Stanley Cup champion. Like, this is not a guy who delivers dirty hits to players. This is a guy who plays the game with class and is a respected guy, much like Tavares, except, you know, Perry's been in the league longer and has won a cup. Yeah, so Tavares uh, gave a thumbs up as he left on a stretcher. He was hospitalized overnight for observation and was released to rest at home this morning. Uh, and he sent a text to his teammates to let him everyone know that he was all right. Yeah, he's... Uh... Tavares is... But, I mean, obviously, you know, he uh, was observed by uh, neurologists and... Yeah, all kinds of medical professionals. Yeah, like a full staff. Uh, He's obviously suffering a severe concussion. He is at home resting and recovering. I'm sure that he has a long road ahead of him. We won't see him again until the start of the season. The earliest. Like I said, he's out indefinitely. A concussion like that takes a lot of time to heal. Uh, You know, and we don't know if there was any other... If We've seen any, guys we, we end their careers any, uh, for lesser hits. Yeah, I was going to say, and we don't know if there's any other uh, like vertebrae damage or whatever. 
Um, you know, or orbital bone fractures. You know, or or just you know the way that he fell. Sometimes you know he could have done something to his legs, to or his, his knee, neck, to, you which know, is what like, you know I was thinking when he was unable to oh, stand. Yeah, that was he my got up, first. He got up off the knee. He kind of got up on all fours and got to his knees. And when they tried to get him to stand up, he kind of fell backwards. And it's just and that was just you know wooziness from the concussion. But but equilibrium. Yeah, it it looked. Uh, bad like it just it was scary it was scary it was scary to watch I, I was really uh uh fearful for him and was you know looking for updates immediately after but the fact that he was able to give a thumbs I think that's why he Corey gave the Perry thumbs up did too. fight too afterwards um, well because it was uh he did and I forget who who uh from the leaves who was fighting but that person pretty much said it was an. I know it was an accident, but he's our captain. Right. You got to stand up for your. You guy. know, and and that's why that's that whole fight happened. It was just because you know it's like I, Perry I won the fight too. Right, but you know it was one of those like I'm throwing down because he's our captain, and I just mm-hmm. you know I know it was an accident, but you know avenge me. Yeah. So, Golden Knights up two one against the Wild. And speaking of wild, so that series has been has been nuts. That first game was the best game oh of the playoffs so far. Oh my god! Uh, with uh, Joel Erickson Eck of the, uh, which is a nutty name. It's yeah. like Erickson and then E K at the end. I've never heard that. Like, I've never seen. I, I mean, I've seen like hyphenated names, but I've never seen like Erickson Eck. Like it's. You know, it's uh, that's why I love sports because I'm introduced to all these different like cultures and different uh, naming schemes of different people. I I love it. I love learning new stuff like that. So that game, Cam Talbot played his best game that I've seen in a long time. And this is a guy who won a Stanley Cup with, uh, I believe, the the uh, Hurricanes in 07. So he's been around a while. This is an older guy. Um both him and Marc-Andre Fleury, who is having his best statistical season at age 36. Like, he is better than ever. I um, He has been standing on his fucking head. So, they won that first one, and then, it, you know, it went to overtime again, and it was a one-goal game, and the, the Golden Knights won that. And then, last night, the the Wild go up quick 2 nothing in the first period. And then... They go up three nothing, but the goal is disallowed, and I forget I forget if they were offside or if there there was some kind of interference. With it, but the goal was disallowed, and the Wild completely unraveled. They gave up five straight goals, mm. and uh, you know you get five goals the way uh, Flurry's been playing. That'll hold up for two games. Like he he was just uh, unstoppable. Uh, so they ended up winning that game five to two, and I think the Wild are broken because the Wild had like this unbelievable home record, like six zero and two against Vegas in Minnesota. So the next game is still in Minnesota, and you know they have a chance to even it up before heading back to uh, before heading back to Vegas, uh, which I think they're going to have to. Like I think they really need to uh, to win this game. So the Hurricanes shut out the Predators for a 
two game to nothing lead as the two teams head back to Nashville. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. Will Nashville play a little different on home ice? We'll see. Yes, because they went into double overtime this evening, and I'm uh, looking up the score tonight because I don't know if that game finished or not. Yeah, there are some games currently going on as we are recording, so we're trying to uh, give you the best results in real time. Uh, Nashville won 5-4, in double overtime with uh, oh, Matt wow. Duchesne. Uh, nope, nope, sorry, not Matt Duchesne. He plays for, oh, no, he plays for, I thought he played for Colorado. Um, yeah, they won 5-4. It looks like Matt Duchesne scored the winning goal. Um, oh, so, okay, so apparently Holmes is making it, a difference. It helped. Uh, the Avalanche are up 3-1 on the Blues, and Colorado already leads that series 2-0. You know, and the thing is, you know, in compared to uh, last uh, last year's playoffs, there are s- fans in the stands. Okay, we're going to take a quick timeout here because there's six seconds left in the Grizzlies-Golden State game, and it's tied. Draymond goes up for the shot. Missed. It's going to overtime. Okay. Um. I lost my train of thought. There's fans in the seats. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that there's there's bums in the seats at these games. And that makes a huge difference for these players. It provides them with this energy. Uh, it really that, demoralizes the referees, too. I mean, well, um, you know what? Some of them deserve it, okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't make in shitty the, calls. In the Bruins series, we'll Don't get make to biased this. calls. We'll don't make shitty this. calls. You know, don't play favorites, you know, call things on one team and not call the same things on the other team. Or call ticky-tack things on one team, but let the major shit go on uh, on the other. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Avalanche uh, are up 2 nothing on the Blues in their series and currently hold a 3-1 lead with 18, uh, about 18 minutes left in the third. Um, and they, they won their last game 6 to 3 on uh the strength of Nathan McKinnon's hat trick and uh the we we skipped the Jets defeating the Oilers 4 to 1 and see this is where I'm talking about Connor Hellebuck uh because we talked about how good the Oilers were and you know last year Drysidel and Mc, and um not McKinnon McDavid were you know Art Ross and and potent- I think Drysidel won MVP last year um, the two of them were going back and forth for MVP votes, and like they score so many fucking points. And Hellebuck gave up one goal. Right now, there's under four minutes left in the third, and it's tied at zero zero because Connor Hellebuck is. Uh, that's why I believe I picked the Jets to win that series. Yes, because I thought that the good goaltending again, Mike Smith now. Is like Yaroslav Halak, and they won a lot of games on the strength of outscoring. But like, if you can win six to five, five to four, you know that's great. But come playoff time, that shit's not going to fly when the other team shuts you down offensively. Like when you're facing a strong defense, you know, like a Tampa, like a Boston, you know, even to a lesser extent, um, you know, Washington. Like they they have some good defensive players, but when you're facing a strong defense, you know Vegas, Colorado, you know with that goaltending as well, you're gonna have a hard time winning a game six to five. And if your goalie, you know, can't stop a nosebleed, 
you're you're out of you you're done. You're you're gonna be out. Alex Ovechkin scored his 800th career goal, combined regular season and playoff goals, currently number six in NHL history. He is three goals behind Marc Messier, 44 goals behind Brett Hall and Yaromir Yager, 69 goals behind Gordy Howe, and 216 goals behind Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, so if he plays another five, six years, he might do And he's like... I mean, he could. Guy's in good shape. He's 36, 37 in there. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's starting to look like an old man. Uh, but I will uh, I will say uh, those stats are a little off because he did get a goal tonight, technically, even though it went off okay. of yes. Carlo. So, so now, okay, so, so now he's he scored got 801. his 801th career goal. 801. 801st. I, I said what I said. I know you did. I said you? what I said. Uh, mm-hmm. So now he's two goals behind Mark Messier, 43 goals behind Brett Hall and Yaramir Yager, 68 goals behind Gordie Howe, and 215 goals behind Wayne Gretzky. He is 35, so he could play five, Alex Ovechkin is 35? He's an old 35. I I'm thought 35. He, I thought he was like 37, 38, the way he looks with his teeth and his gray everywhere. I thought he was a couple of years younger than Shara. I thought he was pushing 40. Alex Ovechkin is 35? Put it this way. Bergeron is 35 and Bergeron Ovechkin is 35. Bergeron is 35. Those guys are the One same age. One of these age. things is not like the other. Well, people age differently. Uh, for those folks this who is, don't this know. This is true. This is true. John Oliver and John Cena have the same birthday, April 23rd, 1977. They are the exact same age. But you can't compare the two because you can't see John Cena. That's right. You just have to imagine what he looks like. You have to imagine what he looks like. So between the two of them, that's... Uh, you know, so just to give you an idea. No, like I mean, age, age, age is a, is irrelevant. But I, I, mm, I think I uh, Ovechkin thought... has a little bit more more uh, wear on. Uh, Bergeron definitely has a lot more tread on his tire than Ovechkin yeah, does. does. Uh, so, anyways, let's get into some Bruins talk because I'm so unbelievably pumped right now. Yeah. So what's brewing? Uh, what's brewing? So the Bur- Bruins currently up. Three games to one on the Capitals. Uh, four games, four overtimes, but four of those overtimes only happened in three of those games. The first three games went to overtime. The last game went to double overtime. Um, and this game didn't have an overtime. Didn't need one. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the Bruins, they kind of started the series slow, uh, not very well conditioned. Their hustle was lacking. Coming into this game, there was a fun stat that I heard earlier today. The Capitals led for 40 minutes of the first three games. The Bruins led for eight. The Bruins only had the lead for eight minutes. And in two of those three games, they didn't lead. Like, they never had the lead in the first game. They kept. Mm-hmm. They were down one nothing, 2-1, and then they lost 3-2. Game uh, game two, they didn't have the lead either until they won the game in overtime. 
Correct. They did have the lead in game three. They lost it. They gained it back. They lost it, and then they gained it back. Then and then the they game, they yeah. just they caught. They always had the lead in the in the most recent game. Yeah. Um. I'm loving this. I'm wondering. So my original initial prediction was that the Bruins were going to take this series in seven games, but. If the Bruins keep playing the way that they've been playing, which is increasingly getting better. This game's this and not coming back to Boston. If the Capitals keep playing the way that they've been playing, which is, you know, some of them are playing good hockey, but they're starting to look a little slow and tired. I think I think the Bruins are gonna gentlemen sweep the Capitals. Uh, and that that's kind of what happened. Um what the 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 Capitals are trying to do, I think, is get the Bruins off their game by, you know, hitting and and being chippy and say, being fucking dirty the, the way Capitals they are. The Capitals are playing a cheap game, a dirty game, a game that, you know, the Capitals have kind of been playing all season because things haven't necessarily been working in their favor. Yes, they're the second seed, but... They're just barely the second seed. You know, uh, it really should have gone to the Bruins. I mean, the, these teams are, talent-wise, pretty evenly matched. But I think the Bruins have more I think th- I was going to say, but I think at this point, the Bruins are just a little more talented. I mean, if you look and at... And it's starting to show. If, if you break it down, like the top five players... Ovechkin, number one. Sorry. Ovechkin is number one. Um, I mean... They're, Bergeron, they're, two. Yes. They're going to take Marchand, Pasternak, Krejci. No. Uh, Backstrom, Krejci, Oshie. Krejci, uh, Hall, Krejci, Oshie. Krejci, Hall, Oshie. McAvoy, Carlson. I mean, Tom Wilson can be good when he's not a fucking tool bag. Well, and that's the thing, too. Tom Wilson has been kind of behaving himself. Not, No, he hasn't. Not tonight. He tackled a guy, no, but no, they no. just don't call it. No, no, no. I was going to say, it. up until this point, I think the Capitals are getting desperate, and desperation does not look good on them. They're trying to bait the uh, Bruins into doing something stupid. Well, and that's how Marshan was playing, too. You know, uh, the Capitals were trying to get under the skin of Marshan and trying to get Marshan to retaliate. In game in the first, two, he did. In, in games one, two, and he started, they started it in three. Game two, uh, Bergeron pulled him aside, and, and Marshan acknowledged this in, um, like, the, the post-game the post-game uh, press conference. Right. Uh, and said that Bergeron pulled him aside and spoke with him He's like, and was like, you're this. better than this. You play a game better than this. And you are a lot more valuable to us playing the game out on the ice than in that penalty box. And obviously, I mean, like, I have a feeling that when Bergeron speaks to you, he doesn't yell but he speaks probably speaks sternly, now, like he's disappointed in you, it's and not that's just probably that. worse. Um, Jake DeBrusque was on, uh, I forget with with uh, which host. I think Cutcher uh, and Rich. Yeah, I was listening to it yesterday morning. And 
you know, he's like, yeah, Bergeron talks to everybody, like, yeah. you know, just to check well, in. With yeah, you. even because he said he's like, I don't think he ever told me to like, you know, settle down and you know. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what they asked him. They're like, you know, has he told you to, you know, has he ever told you to like settle down or you know, uh, about, about your game or whatever? And he's like, well, I don't think he's ever told me to settle down, but he has, you know. How reached you doing? out is everything okay? yeah you know bergeron isn't you know he's a he's a great leader he's a great captain he's in touch with his entire team you know um so he's not going to be one of those who is he apparently he even did that to cassidy mm-hmm. yeah the other game cassidy was getting really really like anxious and wired and and yelling and bergeron got him to calm down yep and was like you know what you're doing, you're yelling. All you're doing is making your players even more anxious. You know, you're not accomplishing anything that way. Let's just kind of, uh, let's just focus. Let's mm-hmm. just focus. You know, I'm obviously paraphrasing and it's uh, it's 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 hearsay from what actually happened. But uh, yeah, so the fact that, you know, this captain has this way of, of, uh, calming his entire team and getting them to that's to, a, to refocus that's what and, a captain does you know play this game the way that it deserves to be played so obviously you know we saw that the the effects of that game three and we definitely saw the effects of that this game um it well, just I mean, it, scores the game winner in a, in in two scores a goal in in game well, and three. that's the thing Bergeron speaks to him gets him out of his own head gets the Capitals out of his head, and he goes and he scores the fucking game winner in overtime. Yeah, he's he's just been... You know? Uh, he's been playing excellent these last but they're, two they're, games, three know, games. They're not retaliating. They're not... Uh, they're, they're also not letting the Capitals just beat them to, to bits, you know? But for certain plays, for certain things that happen, they're not retaliating. So there was, and and some of the shit is driving me out of my goddamn mind. So tonight, uh, there was a play where I forget who the fuck it was too, but he launched himself and hit Kevin Miller. Oh, uh, Kevin and Miller, who called, just came back. They called a major penalty on him because you know the way it works is you call a major. And if the guy, uh, you know, you can always rescind it, but if you call a minor penalty, you can't make it a major. So they called a major because he left his feet, hit Miller in the head. Now, Miller is in the hospital tonight for observation. So they ended up giving him two minors. They gave him a double minor. So he served four minutes. Yeah, four minutes. four minutes for leaping off of his skates and putting a player in the hospital. Yeah, so instead of that being a major penalty and the Bruins getting five minutes of power play time, in which uh, when you have a major penalty like that, it doesn't end if you score a goal. It just keeps going until right. the five minutes is up. You could score, theoretically, a goal a second. You could score 300 goals. I mean, you won't, but you could. Um, and they rescinded it. Meanwhile, they're calling anything that's remotely could be possibly considered a penalty against the Bruins. They're calling it like they yeah. called an interference on Marshand. They called this Delay. slashing call. Now, on a play where where uh, 
uh, in the night before in overtime when when uh, Pasternak was going to the net, he got slashed, ended up smashing into the net. They didn't call that a penalty. But McAvoy, you know, looks at a guy the wrong way. They call a slash on him. Um, Wilson tackled somebody. You know, Chara tackled somebody, and they don't call shit. How many power plays did Washington have? Like six, seven power plays? Oh, my God. They had two power plays within the first six minutes of the game. Yeah, it was it was like it was ridiculous. It was unbelievable what they did. But like, I, I going back to some happy news. So Rask's victory Rask's victory Tuka's in win. K- Tuka's win, yeah. <laughs> in game three was his fifty third postseason win, tying Cheevers for most postseason wins in Bruins history. Which means uh, which means as of tonight, uh, he scored his fifty fourth postseason win, which makes him number one. Yeah, most of our, our, our outline was done yesterday or earlier today, and we're like, we're gonna record after the Bruins game. Uh, so if they win, we can talk about it. If they lose, we can talk about it. But, yeah, um, that was awesome. And uh, Charlie Coyle has been named the Bruins nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Which I don't know what. Um, shit, I was meant to, to put that. So while I look that up, why don't you read? Uh, yeah, Bergeron has played his 151st playoff game uh, for the Bruins, moving ahead, moving him ahead of, ahead of Charles 150 and behind Ray Bork, uh, who had 180. Uh for the second most playoff games in Bruins history. Now, um, Brad Marchand just played his 93rd, and I think uh, Krejci is only a couple behind Bergeron. I think he's at like 146, 147, something like that. Um, or maybe even 148. So he's only a few behind uh, Berge. Yeah, so the King Clancy Memorial Trophy is a sports award given annually to the National Hockey League player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his community. So, I mean, if you recall uh, last episode, I think we talked about the Bruins, the team awards, and Charlie Coyle actually won the Johnny Busick Award, which was for his... uh, uh, charitable contributions and humanitarian efforts. So it's really only fitting that Charlie Coyle is also up for, for this award as well. So, yeah, good things coming from the Bruins. I I think they're going to – I think they're going to win the next game. If they play like this – I don't. There's a. I think the fact that I mean, like you know, them. they won a couple games ago in Washington, anyways. So clearly, they can play on that ice. It doesn't make a difference, you know, where they are. I I don't think the Capitals are going to come back. And uh, I don't know if they just. What? But uh, there's 1.2 seconds left in overtime. Memphis is up 114, 112. Uh, and they just did an inbounds play, and the guy dunked it. So I don't know what's what's going on here. I don't know why they didn't start the clock or whatever. Um, oh, they're trying. Oh, there's 1.2 seconds left. Well, it doesn't matter. They're up for. Oh, there was a foul. That's why. Fouled way before. All right. So uh, that's that's the hockey news. Which is in more playoffs happening. I mean, I love this time of year so much. Oh wait, before we before we move on to baseball, let me quickly look and see the uh, scoreboard 
for uh, for tonight. Let me quickly check because I want to see if. Uh, yep, they won one seventeen to one twelve. So um, we'll update the playoff seedings uh, in a minute when we get to uh, the NBA section. But uh, let me check the score here. Uh, Hurricanes. No, we want scores. Oh, they're all hugging each other. That's nice to see. It's going into overtime, 0-0, zero, zero, Jets and Oilers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, again, good goaltending beats good offense every fucking time. That's just the way the NHL works. If you have a goalie that is head and shoulders, like Hellebuck is a guy who could uh, be nominated for the Vezina. Like, I, that's how good I, he is. Yeah, I would He's be the reason the Jets not. are where they are, honestly. Uh, he's, he's I'm honestly so, yeah I was gonna say I'm honestly surprised that we don't see the Oilers uh, offense at least getting something by yeah, yeah Hellebuck is I mean I could be we could be proved wrong and you know McDavid just goes nuts and passes because I think to I think I chose the Oilers over the Jets but I, I also think I chose uh, seven games for that one so yeah I I, I chose uh, I, I chose the Jets because I think Again, Hellebuck is, is going to win. So, Aww, do you think they're calling their mom? Well, they shouldn't have cell phones. Like, there are guys that if you have a cell phone on, on the court, because, we're wa- again, we're watching the game, one of the guys for the Grizzlies is on the phone already. It's like, do you think he's your mom? Well, he shouldn't be are on the phone. Like, that's, that's like a $50,000 fine there for having his phone on the bench. Yeah, so, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Corey Kluber of the Yankees has thrown his has thrown the sixth no hitter of this season. We're under thirty games or thirty games ish for these for a lot of these teams, and there's already been six goddamn no hitters. I think the Indians have been no hit twice already. Like it's unbelievable. Um, but he is as good as the Yankees pitching has been for you know the past two decades. Uh, he's the first Yankees pitcher to pull off a no-hitter since David Cohn's perfect game in 1999, and I remember that. Um, White Sox manager Tony La Russa had some harsh criticism for his rookie Yermin Mercedes after Mercedes homered off of Twins infielder Williams Astadio in a 16-4 route. Uh, it was a 3-0 count, and Astadio's pitch was 47 miles an hour, and he crushed it you know, long out of the ballpark. And Larusa, being like in his late seventies, maybe early eighties, the man is an old man. He's old school baseball, and he's like you know one of those unwritten rules, like, hey, uh, that's not what you do. That's not how the game is played. And Mercedes is like, well, that's how I play the game. And you know, and Larusa is like, no, we that's not how you're gonna play the game. You're going to play the game and be respectful. Like, your personal stats don't matter. We already got the win, so it didn't matter. You could stand there and take the pitch. And apparently that's causing some uh, turmoil in the White Sox uh, uh, dugout because the White Sox players are like, yeah, but if we have a chance to pad our stats, let's pad our stats, you know, because that's – but it's like you're already up 14-4. to What's another – what's a two-run homer off of a fucking infielder going to prove to anybody? A 47-mile-an-hour pitch. Like, you know, and the players on the opposite side of that are pitch better. You don't want us to hit home runs off of you? 
But that's again, that's the thing. It's a three zero count. If it was a two one count, fine. But a three zero count, you know he's going to try to throw it down the middle, and mm-hmm. I think that's what Larusa got irritated at. And I'll be honest, that irritated me a little bit. You know, like don't worry about your stats. Just sit there, take the walk. Like, you know, if you walk, you walk. Like, you know, like that's what they say in sabermetrics. A walk's as good as a hit. So I don't know. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. again proving why he's worth that massive contract he signed at age 22, and just you know shooting the value of the autographed bat I have just higher and higher every day. Uh, in his first game back from a positive COVID-19 test, went four for four with a home run, finishing a triple shy of the cycle, and he celebrated by doing the splits, which is not something I knew he could do. You learn something every day. I did. So we have some. Uh, some uh, basketball news and a basketball conspiracy theory. Okay, so uh, Jason Tatum scored 50 points in the play-in game to clinch the seventh seed by defeating the Wizards. The Celtics now will play the Nets, the number two seed, in the first round. Pacers crushed the Hornets, uh, you know, looking for the eighth seed, so they had to play Washington. So Washington came out and only hit three three-pointers against the Celtics, but then put up 143 points against the Pacers, which has led a lot of sports talk folks to believe that uh, they were tanking because they didn't want to play the Nets in the first round. They'd rather play the uh, 76ers, who, though they are the number one seed, might be easier to beat because they don't have Durant, uh, Kyrie, and Harden. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, and as we said, the Grizzlies hung on uh, after. So LeBron is a drama queen when it comes to anyone coming near him. Like, he was acting like he got drilled in the head and had a concussion at the end of his game because he hit a three-pointer. But he can't just hit the game-winning three-pointer. He has to be suffering from some sort of, like, uh, concussion syndrome. He's like, I saw three rims out there, so I just shot at the one in the middle. Fuck you. No, you didn't. You're ripping off Rocky Four <laughs> Because in Rocky Four, Rocky had a goddamn concussion, and he goes... I see three of them out there. And Polly says, hit the one in the middle. And Apollo goes, yeah, hit the one in the middle. So fuck you, LeBron. Hey, LeBron, I've seen movies too. Yeah, I've seen Rocky Four as well. First of all, you didn't have a fucking concussion. And if you went back in the game with a concussion, that's a problem. Your medical staff should be fired. Your coach should be fined. And you guys should be, uh, somebody should be suspended. Yeah. Uh, if not fired for letting you go back in the game with a fucking concussion because nobody did their job. If you're out there and you see three fucking rims, that's an issue and somebody needs to get fined and or fired for that mistake. I saw a little Tweety bird, so I aimed for him. They were like little birds circling my head and stars. You know, it's like, yeah. I get it. You were in Space Jam, but these aren't the fucking Looney Tunes. No one dropped a piano on you. Like, Jesus (laughs) Christ. I got an anvil to the head. He can't just, like, I hit a game-winning three. It's like, oh, I hit a game-winning three, and, like, oh, my my leg hurt, and, like, oh, I'm pretty sure someone shot me with a tranquilizer dart, and I was starting to black out, but, like, 
uh, they didn't, and like somebody did a Jedi mind trick on me, and I didn't know. I thought I was playing water polo, and I couldn't find my horse. Like, you know, <laughs> he can't just hit the fucking game-winning three. He has to. Oh, there were all these other things that were happening. Oh, a bee flew in my mouth, and oh, it was crazy. I didn't know what happened. My ear was itchy. Like, just fucking hit the three. It was a cormorant. It was a cormorant. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, like it's it's unbelievable with this fucking guy, like all these accolades, like it's not good enough to be like I hit this game-winning three to make you know the defending champions clinch the seven seed with that yeah. amazing play. Yeah. Good on you, LeBron. Fuck off. Like I hate that shit. You know, and he's the first guy to go. My team, I, 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 me, I, my team, I. Which is why I can't stand basketball compared to hockey. Because you see the hockey commercials, like, we, we, us, we, us, we, we, us. Like, it's never I. You know. No, no, no. It, it is I, but when it comes to... I'm really happy with how we played. Or or I can't say much for the rest of my team, but I could have done better. Yeah, I could have played better. Uh, you know, my teammates really picked me up. I didn't do a good enough job, but fortunately, my teammates helped me. Because it's, it's never, oh, yeah, did you see how awesome? Like, Taylor Hall scored this goal in game three. Oh, my God. He's coming towards, it was great. He's coming towards the net. So the goalie is on his right shoulder. Like, that's where he is. He hits, he hits where the goal is, jumps, does a 180, so he's facing the goalie, and, and then shoots it up it over the goalie's left shoulder, but under the crossbar. It was Fucking glorious. It was beautiful. After the game, he wasn't like, yeah, did you see that fucking sweet shot I had? Oh, I'm so good. <laughs> hey, what about the pass? Yeah, it doesn't matter because I took the shot. Well, there, what, he never he never even talked about it. Watching the post-game stuff from tonight's game, they interviewed Pasta, like, fresh off the ice. And they were talking about, because this was his first goal. He had of, 21 shots on net in this series before he scored. Right, in this series. So, so four games, 21 shots on net. He had no nine goals. in the last game. Uh, you know, he he he's definitely hungry for a goal. Uh, so they're hungry asking for pasta. him. <laughs> Pasta's feelings are hurt. Um, you know, he was he, he he wanted it. He wanted it so bad, and he finally scored. He got the goal, and they were asking him about it and how he felt. And he was like, honestly, it doesn't matter who scores. It just matters that somebody scores. Somebody scores a a, a goal for our team because oh, you know what they were talking about because they uh. He assisted on Marshan's goal. Yeah, and he... originally they gave him the credit, but then they were like, oh, no, it was actually Marshan. So that's what they were questioning him about. Uh, you know, oh, how did it feel to have that goal, you know, taken away from you? And he's like, well, it wasn't my goal. But, you know, at the same time, it doesn't matter who scores. It just matters that our t the team scores a goal. And yeah. I love that attitude so much. You know, it's I want to score a goal for my team. And if I can't score a goal, I want to get the puck to somebody who can score a goal for the team. Yeah, like you will see, especially this top line, you will see them pass the puck until they get a good, like 
all three of them are very capable goal scorers. They've all had 30 goal seasons in their you know, career. And get the fuck out of here with, oh, I was dizzy and blah, 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 blah. You have like fucking Bergeron playing with a punctured lung. This you is have a few years Chara ago. You have Chara playing with a, with broken, a jaw. broken jaw. You have in a all contact these, sport. You have all of these other players. You know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the uh, injury list that comes out at well, the end of the playoffs. Um, I hate the fact that these players are injured in such ways, but I love here. It's like, wow. So, so this person, exactly. It's like, wow, he was well, playing through that. He was playing through thing, that. Uh, the difference between hockey and like LeBron going, oh, I saw three rims. Uh, with the hockey injuries, they are verifiable. <laughs> he should have licked one. <laughs> yeah. They are, they are very they're verifiable because they were like, yes, Bergeron has been getting treatment for his broken rib and collapsed lung. You know, him saying, well, yeah, I was really dizzy. I saw three rims out there. It's like, can you prove that? Because, again, someone on the medical staff needs to be fired if you're playing with a concussion. But so uh, the Grizzlies defeated the Spurs uh, in that Western Conference game after the, the Lakers on that three-pointer by LeBron. Uh, so the Warriors and Grizzlies just finished. The Grizzlies won 117-112. to 112. John Morant had 35 points on 14-29 shooting. He hit a big shot at the end. Uh, they won in overtime, so the Warriors are home. However, the uh, three finalists for MVP in the, in, in the NBA have been announced. And... Two of the three are guys that I've been championing. Uh, unfortunately, Chris Paul is not one of them, which I don't understand how. Because you go from a 12 seed or whatever last year to number two seed facing the Lakers in the first round. Uh, I don't know how he didn't get it, but whatever. Uh, it's Joel Embiid of the 76ers, Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets, and he's had to play really well because Jamal Murray tore his ACL, which is why I don't see the Nuggets going that far in the playoffs, unfortunately, because you're not going to get by <clears throat> in this league with only one star player. Sorry. Um, and Steph Curry. Steph Curry is uh, is my pick for MVP because of what he did with this team. Like with every all these injuries – Nobody expected they expected them to be a lottery team. And he led this team led the league in scoring 31.8 points per game and I believe that's the first time he's ever led the league in scoring because he's never had to because he's had other offensive threats on the floor with him. So the Warriors will miss the playoffs for the second straight season, but hopefully Clay comes back healthy next year and we can see what a healthy team can do. With uh, with these players, and maybe you know they they uh, they pick some uh, some free agents up, or at least one or two, and see what happens. So so now the uh, matchups are set. So the 76ers will play uh, as the number one seed. So I'm going to go in order: the one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. So 76ers versus Wizards, Nets versus Celtics, which is on tomorrow, Saturday. In the prime slot, 8 p.m. Like, that's the prime slot. So people want the Nets on TV. I don't think they care so much about the Celtics. I think the Celtics lose in five. But 
the Nets, because they have this overinflated view of themselves, may coast a little bit and maybe, just maybe Jason Tatum plays like he did a couple of times this year where he goes off for 50, 60 points. And maybe they steal a couple of games, but I don't think it's I don't think it's close. I the the talent discrepancy, even if Jalen Brown was on that team, like they don't have anyone who can guard Durant. Like Durant Durant is one of the most unguardable players in the NBA. He's very difficult because of you know his size and his wingspan and his talent. Like he can shoot from anywhere. He's he's very difficult to guard. And then you throw in the fact that you have other two other very high quality uh, offensive playmakers and and offensive threats. It's just where are their heads going to be? Like Kyrie, you know, like I don't really care about basketball. I'm more concerned with you know uh, you know uh, military unrest and strife around the world. Like you know the, around the flat world. So you can't say around. Like you can say across. Wait, uh, is he a flat he's earther? He's a flat earther, and he has been for several years. And there was a big conversation on the Sports Hub today. It was like, as big of a tool bag as Kyrie is, everybody, on everybody, all these Celtics fans would take him back in a heartbeat. No, I fucking wouldn't. Absolutely not. Because I think his attitude is part of the reason why Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown act like they've already arrived and they've already done things in the NBA um, when they haven't. They've had a couple of good seasons. They've had a couple of good runs. Like, they played really well and made it to a conference championship when Kyrie had was on the roster but got hurt. But he's... No. I, I liked Kyrie for a while while he was here, and then he started, like, dipping out of games, and he started, like, getting really, like, oh, I'm not a basketball player. I'm an artist. I know that stuff he said later, but, like, he started getting that attitude of, like, you're just lucky to be in my presence. Like, you know, you can't question me. Like, you can't, no matter what I do, I'm doing the right thing. You know, I want you to just heap praise upon me. I had a bad game. How dare you? Who does he think he is? Me? Right? But, like, that's that's just how he is so no i wouldn't want him back on the team i don't care how talented he is because he is a scumbag and he his attitude is and especially in that league where the players have a lot of uh a lot of power and a lot of pull you know like players act as gms and they're like you know oh i want to be traded because they didn't ask me about all the personnel decisions and i should be asked about all the personnel decisions it's like no that's not how that works so net celtics tomorrow night you have the bucks versus the heat and last year the heat beat the bucks because and i called that series because the heat have really the only guy who can match up really well against uh Giannis and that is um uh Bam Adebayo or at least last year I don't know how good he is this year I haven't watched a whole ton of uh, NBA to be honest with you um but I think that uh I think the Bucks will win because they have uh they have improved their team so I I'm going to go with the Bucks in that game uh we do have up I think you still have some time. 
uh, in ESPN, similar to our hockey playoff predictor, we have a, a, an NBA one as well uh, with a couple of like prop bets to go along with it, like who will score more points, who will have more turnovers, you know, stuff like that. So uh, Wizards uh, against Sixers, Sixers take that five games max. Because, again, you have Bradley Beal, who was second in scoring, 31.4 points, so only four-tenths of a point behind Curry. But you also have uh, Russell Westbrook, who doesn't care if he wins. He only cares if he uh, gets his triple-double. So I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, So Sixers, five games. The Nets, I think the Nets win in five games. I think that's the max it goes they're going to win in four or five against the Celtics. Bucks Heat, that could go seven, but I think Bucks in six. Uh, the one that I'm not sure about, the Knicks versus Hawks. Uh, the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs in like 19 years or some shit. Uh, it's been a long time, but I'm going to go with the Knicks in this one. And I think we're going to see a lot, and the coach of the Hawks said this as well. I think we're going to see a lot of calls going the Knicks way because it's good for the NBA to have the Knicks in the playoffs as long as possible. And if they can get them through the first round, which I think they can't, I mean, they're not going to beat anybody in the second round. They're not good enough. Um, I know they're the four seed, but there's a huge chasm from 76ers, Nets, Bucks to Knicks. Like, they're not going to beat any of those teams. So I do think they beat the Hawks, but I think it goes six or seven games. Oof, what a shot by Trocek. Uh, in the Western Conference, uh, I know you you don't follow basketball that much, so I don't know if you have any picks for these. Oh, you picked them down there. Okay. Uh, yes, I do have some picks. So I think it's going to be the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Knicks. Okay. Just based off of what I saw for stats and everything. Now, just kind of an aside, basketball really doesn't interest me unless I'm at a game. For regular season. Being at a game is completely different than watching it on TV. I'll watch mm-hmm. a little bit of it, but it, it doesn't interest me so, so much. Uh, playoff basketball. Oh, my God. That is so exciting. But we will watch hockey over basketball. Yes. I mean, obviously, in my house, hockey is like the the upper echelon top tier mm-hmm. sport. Um but I do. I really enjoy playoff basketball. It's exciting. It's fun. I think that the the players really ramp themselves up. It's it's you know basketball to the nth degree. There and I are think a lot that of fun it makes series. It, you know, it makes it more exciting to watch on television. Uh, like I said, I like being at a game, and I will go to games during the regular season. That's fun, being there and watching it. But for me, just watching you know these guys go back and forth and back and forth on my television vision like that's really not exciting to me like that maybe you know i've learned a little more about the game over the past few years which as has obviously made me understand the game a little bit better which makes it easier and more enjoyable to watch but again just you know regular season uh you know and a lot of times you know again basketball is on the same time as hockey so yeah so i mean obviously i'm gonna watch hockey over it also depends on the basketball. team like if um, the celtics are on but it's like well i mean and nuggets, here's the thing, blazers you know, watch I, the celtics. I like i like the celtics but you know the past couple of years the celtics just really haven't excited they haven't been an exciting team see i Back disagree when it last was, year 
uh, um, they were in the, the conference championship. Oh, oh yeah, that was last year. That was last. That year. That was last year. Yeah. Um, but this past year, and I want to say maybe a couple years ago, when they got smoked. Okay, that's what I was thinking by of. the Bucks. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um, not very exciting with Kyrie I, Irving. You know, back when they had like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, like I. Yeah, you're going back. They won in 2008. They, I know. I know. It was a while ago. I yeah. understand that. But, you know, I, I was a fan back then. You it liked was really Isaiah. I, I did like Isaiah so Thomas. I, the Isaiah time, you know, you liked that. So it's just been the last five, six years you haven't really been following them since right. Isaiah left. And they kind of switched over the team. Right. To I love Nate Robinson guys. because, you know, he was just so short and great. Five foot three. Um. So, yeah, you know, uh, but playoff basketball I can get into. Uh, so, like I said, I have the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Knicks. Wait, let's, let's go into the Western Conference one. Okay. Now. So, we have the Jazz playing the Grizzlies. The Jazz were uh, going back and forth with the Suns over who was going to be the number one team. And the Nuggets, for a while, were the number one team until Murray got hurt. So, the Jazz will be playing the Grizzlies. And one of the most intriguing storylines about this is – you have John ja Morant, who was the runaway rookie of the year uh, a year or two ago. Uh, but you have uh, Mike Conley, who was a Grizzly for many, 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 many years until he ended up on the Jazz. So, like, he's getting to face his old team in the playoffs, which I think could be interesting. But I don't think there's really uh, five, six games maybe. Uh, we both took the Jazz on this one. Yes. Now, the Suns-Lakers is going to be different. Uh, the Lakers fell to seven because they had so many injuries, and both LeBron and Anthony Davis missed a lot of time with injuries. Um, and for a guy who complained and hated the play-in tournament and, and whined about it so much, LeBron must be happy that it was there now because if they didn't have the play-in tournament, they would not be in mm -hmm. the playoffs right now. Yeah. Right near. Well, yeah, I was I was rubbing my nose as right I said near. that. Right near. Right uh, near. So they wouldn't be in the playoffs. But uh, you and I both agree. Uh, we think the Suns beat the Lakers. I think yes. it takes seven games. But you uh, think it's going to go seven games? Absolutely, it's going to go. Like they're the defending champions, and like they have two of the top five best players in the world. I don't think it's going to go seven games. Oh, I think it is. I think it's it name six, a player on the Suns max. that's not Chris Paul. That guy who does stuff. Right. You can't name another guy. Okay, but because I... Because they have Devin Booker who can score, who once scored 81 against the Celtics, and Damari Ayton, who is a uh, an old school type of center. Okay, but I at least know who Chris Paul is. What position does he play? Center. No, he's a point guard. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> so... That's he, he, why he, he's the guy who dribbles the ball. Yeah, he the guy from State Farm, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got his brother Cliff, who's an accountant. No, it. But you know, that's why I'm like you don't know as much about basketball as you do hockey. So that's why I'm like, it's gonna go seven because the Lakers on paper are I a better team. I think it's team. gonna go six. The Lakers on better. Do you want to make a bet? Yeah, I say it goes. If the Suns win, it goes seven games. The Suns are going to win, and it's going to go six. No, it's not going to go seven games. It'll go. It'll go seven. It is not going to go. It's going to go six max. It's not going to go seven. If the Suns games. win, because I think the Lakers could win this series, but I think the Suns will. 
because um, LeBron's already kind of like, oh, I think I have an advantage because me and Chris Paul have been friends for so long, and I know all about him. It's like, you know all about him, being you know because you're friends, that somehow gives you an advantage? Like, he could say the same thing. You're friends, so that gives him an advantage. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're friends. You know, I see three Chris Pauls, so I hug the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, so uh, we both think Suns. You think six. I think seven. That's fine. Uh, Nuggets versus Blazers. So you should fill out the, if you haven't, go on and fill out the, uh, the thing. Uh, I, I will. I will. All right. I'm going to take my basketball knowledge. Now, remember, if you're listening it. to this, uh, much like the, 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 um, the hockey game, the hockey tournament, the winner of the basketball tournament will get an autographed basketball jersey. Ooh. And it will be a quality play. I've gotten some good stuff. Like, I got a Magic Johnson for a very good price. I actually have given away in my, in my sports groups, I've given away two Magic Johnson jerseys. So you could get a really good you could get a really good Hall of Fame player. So just saying. All right, so the Nuggets and Blazers. This is a good one. Uh and the reason I took the Blazers in this series, even though they're the lower seed, I love Dame Lillard. I love CJ McCollum. And while the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic and the Blazers really don't have an answer for him, he's just he's just too fucking dominant. Um, they don't have anybody outside of Nikola Jokic. They don't. And Dame is a guy who can shoot from anywhere, and he is so fucking clutch. Um, and the Blazers have been, you know, kind of bitten by the injury bug the last few years. Like, they had some really good teams over the last few years, and they remind me a lot of, like, the Sacramento Kings that kept running into the Kobe's Lakers where, like, they should have beaten them, but, like, they never quite got over that hump. I think the Blazers could do that. The Blazers could cause a lot of no- a lot of damage and make a lot of noise in the playoffs. Uh, so I am picking the Blazers. Again, I think this one will go six. I think the Blazers are just a better team. Um, but you, you took the Nuggets. Why would you take the Nuggets? Because chicken nuggets are good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... Uh, yeah, okay. So, we'll move on to uh, the Clippers and the Mavericks. <laughs> well, and I also looked up the stats and stuff, and based on what I saw, you know, the Nuggets seem to be take, the superior team. You didn't take Jamal Murray's injury into consideration? I didn't read about that. <laughs> uh, oh, and, uh, oh, this is Anthony Radon. Sorry, I thought there was another... Uh, no hitter. Although the Braves did beat the Pirates twenty to one tonight, so I hope you had wow. the Braves in your uh, in your in your daily fantasy. Um, and the final series, the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Uh, I took the Mavs in this one because I think Luca's finally gonna step up. I picked him as my MVP preseason, and uh, he was not. Uh, oh no, Carlos Rendon, not Anthony Rendon, position player, not pitcher jesus uh i i think luke is going to step up and take over and be the dominant player that he was and especially after the clippers bounced the mavericks last year in the bubble so uh i like i like the uh, mavs you picked the clippers why'd you pick the clippers 
no reason. Oh, okay. You just... <laughs> no, I just, you know, I, I, I don't think the Mavericks have it in them. This See, year. I think. Well, both pitchers had ten, ten plus I mean, I strikeouts. Wish, I wish I could give a more Yankees, Yankees, White Sox. Eloquent answer. I, I, I don't really know. I just picked a team, um, and based on what I saw, I just, I think the Clippers are going to beat them. I don't think the Mavericks mm. have it this season. Glaber Torres hit a 345-foot home run tonight and in Yankee Stadium. That is the only stadium in which that could be a home run. Nowhere else would that have been a home run. And the Yankees turned a triple play tonight. So, uh, so yeah, let's move on to the NFL. A little bit of uh, NFL news, uh, but big NFL news. The uh, Buffalo Bills have hired two women to full-time positions and brought on two more as interns, mainly because two women that they hired to full-time positions had formerly been interns. So Sophia Lewin will be an offensive assistant. Uh, she had formerly served uh, or previously served as a training camp assistant. And uh, Andrea Gosper will be a player personnel coordinator, and she was a scouting intern for the past two seasons. Now, um, they both have extensive uh, experience coaching not only with the Bills, but college and high school. Like, they've done uh, a lot of a lot of different jobs they are very qualified and i'm happy to see the bills hiring women and you know putting them you know not just like way in the background you know but in prominent positions so that's awesome and the most ridiculous fucking thing ever <laughs> tim tebow has signed a one-year deal with the jaguars to be a backup 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 tight end and tim Tebow. You know what my favorite thing is? Watching Shannon Sharp fucking rant about this. He's like, he's like, okay, so you're you were a quarterback and you weren't any good. And then they told you to switch positions and you were like, no, I'm a quarterback, but you failed out of the league. So he said, you know what? I'm gonna go so play then baseball. Then you went to play baseball. And then you go to play baseball, and right when you're on the cusp of Making it. Oh, there's Chris Paul right there in State Farm. Right when you're on the cusp of making it to the big leagues, suddenly you quit and you're going to come back to the NFL where you haven't played a regular season game in nine years, but you're going to switch positions? No. It's just, so apparently the coach of the Jaguars was his college Urban, coach. Urban Meyer. Uh, and he's the one who reached out to Tim Tebow. They had conversations. Tim Tebow worked out for them, and this is a this is a thing that happened. The biggest thing that um, Shannon has an issue with is professional sports is supposed to be, as a player, not coach or front office or anything. Professional sports is supposed to be the one place. Where the only thing that it doesn't matter who you know, doesn't matter who you're who you're friends with, doesn't matter who your dad's friends with, doesn't matter who your neighbor was or who you grew up with. The only thing that's supposed to matter is are you more talented than the next guy? Now Shannon Sharp is a Hall of Fame tight end with three Super Bowls to his name. Shannon Sharp was a seventh round draft pick who had to fight for his place on the team. You know, he was the long snapper in college. He was the long snapper. And that's what he was saying. Like, Tim Tebow has never played special teams. He ha he can barely throw a football. He can't catch. He doesn't run routes. Like, there are not... There's no one who has ever been like, oh, I'm going to turn from a quarterback 
into a position into a, a a skill position player. Now there are guys who have tried, and let me take this back. Julian Edelman was a college quarterback, and he made the transition to wide receiver, and he did all right for himself. You know, not great, but okay, I guess. You know, not bad. Won a couple of games here and there, but he did that entering the league. He didn't come into the league, play quarterback for like eight years, leave the league for nine years, and then come back. No, he wasn't in there. I'm sorry, he wasn't eight or nine because Tebow's only 33 years old. So it wasn't 17 years. So he was in the league four or five years. And everyone's like, yeah, but what about that pass he threw? Oh, good. He threw one pass. One pass that, you know, um, and Skip Bayless brings this up. He's like, yeah, but in the last five minutes of every game, like he kept bringing his team back and he was so good. And they were, they were, uh, you know, his, his efficiency rating was the highest in the league. He led the league in efficiency rating in the last five minutes of games. And Shannon Sharp came back to him and goes, yeah, but if you're getting me into this position because you can't score for the first 55 minutes of the game, why am I supposed to be impressed that you can do it in the last five? Where was that in the first 55 minutes of the game? Because Bayless is like, oh, yeah, he pulls you pulls you out of the fire. He goes, why am I going to congratulate you for pulling me out of the fire when you're the one who put me in there in the first place? Right, yeah. So yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. I don't have high hopes for him. Um, I I, I think he he might see some playing time. No, no, a couple he will. Of minutes. And I think what Skip Bayless says is what's going to happen. He's going to be playing H back, so he's going to be you know doing wildcat. And they'll direct snap it to him, and, you know, and they'll have a couple of goal line situations where he'll do jump passes, and it's like that's awesome. You took what everyone is calling a, a franchise-altering quarterback with the number one overall pick, and your plan is to take the ball out of his hands and give it to some fucking guy who hasn't played in eight, nine years? That's your genius idea? Like, what the fuck? Imagine if, if Belichick was like, okay, we have Tom Brady, and he just won us the Super Bowl, but you know what? I'm going to make Drew Bledsoe a tight end. And we're going to make him, like, run the Wildcat. Because I know we just got a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But, meh. I, 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 I like Bledsoe. He's, you know, he's big. Big. It's like 6'5". <laughs> he's, he's big. It's like 6'5". He can do jump passes. You know, he was good in college. Yeah, he was good in college. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's bullshit that... You it's know, a what, fucking distraction. Well, yeah, I think it's bullshit that Tim Tebow gets a call back, but there are other former NFL players who have been exiled who shouldn't have been. All right. Max Kellerman brought this up. You know, talking about... And I know you're talking about Kaepernick. Yes. And now, I also have... We have a, uh, we have a signed Kaepernick jersey uh, that needs to go up at some point. But... Here's the thing. Uh, Kaepernick, I mean, uh, uh, Max Kellerman's point was, I like the fact that people are bringing this up. You know, keep his name. Don't let the NFL off the hook. Don't let people forget that this is what happened to this guy. But Tebow's not being brought in to play quarterback. If Tebow had been brought in to play quarterback, then you have a case. I mean, I... I, mm, I, I... But I will say I, I get I get that. I will say that you're gonna tell me that 
you know, Colin Kaepernick's not one of the top 64 quarterbacks in the world right now. Come on. Look at the Bears. Andy Dalton is vying with Justin Fields to be the Bears' starting quarterback. You don't think Kaepernick could come in and play better than Andy fucking Dalton? You know, Washington. You don't think Kaepernick could come and play better than Cam fucking Newton? Yeah, but Cam kisses Bill's ass. Kaepernick doesn't kiss anybody's ass. So that's why Cam is still there. But I mean, I think he could play in Washington. I think he could play in New York. I think he could play in, uh, well, either of the New York teams, technically. Well, two out of three because Josh Allen's fine. Um, he could easily play. I think he, he'd be fine in Miami. He'd be fine. Where the fuck did uh? Oh yeah, Washington. That's where uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, like the Saints. I think he's better than uh, Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston is a fucking bum. I mean, the last guy, last time that guy started, he threw for five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. Awesome. He also threw thirty picks. And that team went 7-9 and nine with essentially the same team, although they did add a couple guys. But with essentially the same team, Brady won the Super Bowl the next year. Um, I think he could play for, I mean, the Jaguars. I, I think he's better than anybody on the Jaguars. Like, I don't know what Trevor Lawrence is. And there have been a few times where it's like, oh, this guy's a transcendental talent. He's so amazing. He's so great. And you get a Ryan Leaf. Um I think he could. I'll, I think he could play in uh, in Indianapolis. I think he's better than Carson Wentz. Um, I'd 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 leave uh, San Diego. Uh, San Diego, uh, the Chargers and the uh, and the uh, the Bengals alone with Burrow and uh, uh, and and Herbert. Uh, he could play in Denver. He's better than Drew Locke absolutely better than Drew Locke. I mean, there's a lot of places Ka- like, Kaepernick could What play. I don't understand, though, is why bring Tim Tebow back? Because... When there are so many other players who are worthy of a you know of the job, there are, well, you know, rookies who are worthy of the job. Again, to throw, to throw this out there, one thing that a lot of folks don't realize is that right now, um, an NFL roster is 53 players, but right now, your roster is 90. You have 90 players vying for a position on the team. He may not make the team. He signed a contract, but he may not make the team. Um, I, uh, there's people who are saying that Urban Meyer wants him to be a coach. There are people that are saying that, you know, Tebow is so full of himself that he thinks, well, I can still play. I can still play at a professional level. By, and switch positions because I'm that awesome. It's like, mm. here's the thing. One of the jobs of a tight end. Now, Tebow is in amazing shape, and Urban Meyer says he's a you know insane workout warrior, some crazy thing like that. He's in amazing shape. He always has been. He's a very strong, very athletic, very uh, uh, muscular guy. He's, you know, 6'4", 250, 230, I don't know. But he's a big, strong guy. However, is he going to block, you know, uh, uh, one of these premier pass rushers? 
you know, somebody coming off the edge, is he supposed to block him? Is he supposed to block one of these high-end linebackers? Well, and not only that, he's been out of the league for so long. Right. And he's switching positions, so there are And in very the meantime, different... he played a completely different fucking sport. There are very different fundamentals and skills and, you know, muscles that you use when you're playing tight end compared to playing quarterback. You don't prepare as a quarterback the same way you prepare as a tight end. You know, like Shannon Sharp said, this isn't a guy going from offensive tackle to offensive guard, which is almost the same position. This isn't a guy going, you know, like guys who get older uh, as as cornerbacks, you know, like Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, who went from top flight corner. It's like, all right, I've lost a couple of steps. I'm getting older. I can't move as fast as I can. I can't cover guys because they'll run by me. But I can play safety because even though I'm a little slower, I still have all my instincts and all this, you know, uh, experience and this knowledge and these fundamentals, so I can, these skills are translatable and transferable. So you can move from corner to safety. You can move from, you know, pass rusher to outside linebacker. You can move from pass rusher to defensive tackle. You can't, like, no one has ever been like, oh man, this quarterback isn't good anymore. Let's move him to tight end. Because it's not just catching passes, it's running routes it's shedding blockers it's you know i'm sure he knows all the formations and he can do all that because as a quarterback he can understand where a play needs to go but he doesn't have the fundamentals he doesn't have those you know what i mean like it's not the same it's not like oh i just need to run sprints it's like no you need to catch you need to be able to jump you need to know how to separate you know you need to know when to crack back on a block. You need to know, you know, if this guy lines up in the C-gap, is it the, the tackle's responsibility? Is it my responsibility? You know, is the guard pulling? What am I doing? Like, there's so much. And, again, you need to know how to get leverage on incoming blockers or incoming uh, uh, rushers, whether it's a corner blitzing or whether it's a, uh, a safety coming off the edge, whether it's, you know, a linebacker. You know, on a delayed blitz, like it, it, it's the dumbest thing. I don't understand it. I hate the fact that Tim Tebow is back in the league because that is all people are fucking talking about. ESPN did this when he came out of the fucking uh, SEC, when he came out of Florida, and he was getting drafted. ESPN tends to latch on to one guy mm-hmm. and just suck him off for years, whether he's good or not. They did this to Tebow for years. And it was just nonstop. Well, oh, did you see what he did? Oh my God! Look at what he did in the fourth quarter of this game. Yeah, how about the four turnovers he had in the third, in in the second quarter? You know, the first the first half of the game, he throws two interceptions and loses a fumble. How? But like he came back and won the game. Like the only reason he had to come back and win the game is because he played so poorly in the first fifty five minutes. Like Shannon said. Like, it's not impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, I just I don't get it. I I don't get it, and that's all people can talk about, and that's all people are going to be talking about heading into this. NFL and all we're going to hear from Tebow is, well, Jesus. Uh, is well, giving I mean, me this he hasn't chance. he hasn't said any any of that, so we'll yeah, I, you know, we'll. And that's not that's that's not the thing. That's not the reason why well, no, I didn't like th- him. But that's like, part of the reason why he's so polarizing is so many people. You know, latch on to the fact that, you know, all he does is, you know, 
He was very he was very outspoken about his religion, which is fine. Yeah, that's totally. But you know, if if that's your thing, cool. But you know, that's what people were kind of fixated on. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't the fact that you know whether or not he was a good player because he really wasn't, but it was the fact that oh, you know. And that's the thing is like he's the chosen one. And and when he first came into the league, you know, he wasn't good. He wasn't a good quarterback. Yes, he played well, and he led the Broncos to a division title uh, in a weak division, to be honest with you, at the time. Um, you know, the, the, there was no Mahomes. There was no Derek Carr. There was I, – I, I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback was for the Raiders at that point, you know, 10 years ago. Jamarcus Russell. Um you know, it, they didn't have a, a great, great division. Um, I think Alex Smith was playing for the Chiefs, maybe. I don't know. Um, but having having to come back in all, like all these games, I mean, it was him or uh, I forget. I even forget who the uh, other quarterback was, but I think he was he was a complete bum. But he uh, he took over like that was, you know. The the savior the 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 uh, right hand of of God, uh, Josh McDaniels. That was McDaniels' uh, draft choice, which is why he doesn't get to make draft choices anymore for the Patriots. Like he left the Patriots, he's like, yeah, I'm a great I'm a great coach and I'm a great offensive coordinator. Went to the Broncos, they were terrible. Went to the Rams, they were terrible. Comes back to the Patriots and has Tom Brady, and oh my God, he's so good. You know, but that's a discussion for another day. But, like, yeah, he had flashes for a couple games, and everybody makes a huge deal about the fact that he threw that 88-yard touchdown pass in overtime to beat the Steelers. And, yeah, it was great, but he was also throwing to Demarius Thomas, and Thomas was able to outrun the defender and, and score. But the next week, they went to New England and get fucking shellacked. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, it's like yeah, he had that one great pass, but what did he follow that up with? What did he do? What did he do next? He got fucking crushed. His team got smoked by Tom Brady. Absolutely smoked. And I was like, oh, maybe he has a chance. Nope. Nope. Because Belichick, you know, looked at at him and was like, okay, this guy can't throw. So we're going to dare him to run. Like, we have some good cover corners. We'll just have them cover will shut down their receivers he's not gonna throw so he's gonna try to run nine times out of ten yeah so i'm not i'm not a a, a fan of having tim tebow back in the league uh, i think it's gonna be more of a distraction than anything and i think it's uh also gonna divide the locker room and you're gonna alienate your quarterback like your franchise quarterback that you made sure that you drafted with the first overall pick, you know, that everybody says is a can't-miss, once-in-a-lifetime prospect, the best guy since Andrew Luck, who was the best guy since Peyton Manning, and your plan is to alienate him and take the ball out of his hands for Tim Tebow. I think it's dumb, and you know the Jaguars are going to fail. So 
that's all I have on that. I know that was a lot, but uh, do you have a hot take, a prediction, or do you disagree with something we said? Let us know. The loudest sports show at gmail.com. Also tell us who the best athlete is that uh, shares a first name with you. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at loudest underscore show on Instagram at the loudest sports show on Facebook on the uh, Facebook, uh, the loudest sports show, Facebook group. And uh, slash, you got anything you want to add? Until next time, kids, try to stay out of the penalty box. Penalty bra. Penalty box. Stay out of the penalty Uh, bra. And go Bruins. Oh, yes. And uh, peace out. We're out of here. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here. (laughs)